Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And I'm your host, Sir Ed Carell, known also as Ed the Pagan, with the Chicago Pagan Show, my hyper-local project that I've been bringing out and talking to my local friends across my home city, which I so adore. Um, just to remind you, you know, there's, there's a lot of Pagan Pride events going around all over the city. Not over the city, all over the United States. I'm so used to working in, in that. But, but in Chicago, it's on September 28th at the Q4 Center. The Greater Chicago Land Pagan Pride Day, and um, we're going to have a, a a plant walk on that day. But we're going to talk a little bit about that more here in a few minutes. And don't forget the big event with Phyllis Carrot is coming up. And you know it's, it's time to get your tickets. It's just, uh, we want to believe it's selling out fast. I don't have actually any insight. I'm just a big fan. I have nothing to do with the event, and. Um, I'm just promoting it for people because I think it's really important because I, I think of Phyllis as a dear friend and she is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant person. Um, looking at other people who we're going to be interviewing here in the future, let me know who you want to interview. You can contact us on the Chicago Pagan group page, which is over 1,200 people. Surprisingly few number for a large city. Also, we also have Chicago Pagans as a regular Facebook page. You can email me directly at P-A-G-A-N-I-C-S at gmail.com. Paganics, that's right. Uh, Science of the Earth, kind of a, a series that I've been working on for a while and putting to use here in Chicago. And lastly, of course, there's GaiaThrift.com. So, you know, that's my project. But let me go ahead and say I've had a great – it was great having Laura Gonzalez on, and she was really talking about how different her experiences were. And uh, so check that out in the archive. We have that. And but tonight we're going to bring you a permaculturist, kind of an, an um, a person that I know and have met through surprisingly wasn't through pagan world, but through my other world, Nature's and Recyclers, and uh, and only would find out more about him. But it's irrelevant of it. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing so. Mm-hmm. It is my hope that I'm pronouncing this right. Ian, is it freckles now? <laughs> my, my last name is actually Fecky Stout, but um, so okay. the thing is that Facebook will not allow me to change my last name because they think that my real last name is more ridiculous than uh, Freckle Snout. So, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I and this I tend to just name. have people That's call me Ian the Veg because it's it's easier. Well, you got to remind me so I can change the name on this one. I'll uh, get your right, right name on it. But um, I'm glad to have you on. Um, I know you do a lot of stuff around the city. You've, um, you're very much into the plant, uh, the plant world. I think you're probably one of the more knowledgeable plant people within the city. So, in, in our Chicago favorite style, how did you get here? I mean, give us kind of your comic book origin. Um, how did you become, well? Um, how did you become the superhero you are today? <laughs> I, I'm not sure I would uh, say I'm a superhero, but um, I got into foraging um, because I was into food justice and activism, and I wanted to find ways for, for people to 
be able to eat all the food around us. And I started leading foraging walks because in Phoenix in the early 2000s, uh, no one else was. And so I just kind of led mine as Skillshares where everybody said a thing until one day it turned out that I knew everything that everybody was going to say because I'd been on every single walk. Um, so then I, uh, I actually ended up finding out about permaculture uh, through that because someone from the Phoenix Permaculture Guild, I think they've since uh, changed their name, uh, but they approached me and wanted to put me on their list of approved teachers. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's permaculture? Um, learned a lot about it, uh, decided that it really fit my values because um, I'm someone who I actually, um, I'm actually anti uh Anti-civ is the the quick way to say it, but um, but I'm I'm generally in favor of methods of finding food that do not involve uh, totalitarian agriculture, and permaculture really fits within that dynamic. And I got my uh, permaculture design certification in 2015. Uh, through Graham Burnett and William Faith, who's actually a local. Um, and uh, I started really practicing uh, paganist, uh, paganistic beliefs probably um, about five years ago, uh, but I've been dabbling in stuff before that. I already called myself an animist for quite some time, so... Um, and I, you know, now I lead my foraging walks. I'm starting uh, this thing called uh, an urban prairie tea ceremony, which is based upon the Appalachian tea ceremony that that's started in uh, Appalachia. And um, yeah, I just uh, well, I want to uh, do everything where plants are concerned. Right. Well, actually, I'm so so to be. Honest. I met Ian uh, through the urban farming movement. Um, he was at events, and we were, you know, kind of where nature's a recyclers was because people don't. A lot of people realize, I you know, I stepped off and decided to go to the fields for six years, um, and I still grow herbs to this day. I'm not composting as much, but that's a city issue, not a talent issue. Um, but I noticed that you got your master urban urban farmer uh, certificate. Um, mm -hmm. You got. A certificate, an edible landscape design certificate, and yep. a, a bunch of others. So, I'm a big believer. So everybody knows I'm a big believer in the idea of the idea that we should be growing more food. Just period. Just for the love of it. And I know there's challenges in the city, but but you're right, right there. You. So what do you think about that? Do you think we should turn the city, every you know, our yards, our gardens, our spaces into more? Um, growing spaces, or do you think you know that should be left in special spaces? I mean, I think I think everything should be food. Uh, I think <laughs> everywhere we go, we should you know we should see the food in the space and create more food in the space. Um, really, it does not. 
it does not make sense for us to be growing all these plants that are poisonous and don't have uh, real tangible medicinal uses uh, because pretty much everything can be used as a medicine, but um, not everything is, is worth it, you know, in the city. Um, and so it, it doesn't make sense for us. It, it is my opinion that um, boxwoods need to no longer exist in, in Chicago. Uh, there is no reason to grow boxwoods except that some people think they're pretty. Uh, I am not among those. Uh, and there are plenty of edible plants that uh, replace them easily, um, including oh, some some native plants that are are delicious. You know, one of the things I've been looking at, um, I have a friend down in uh, St. Louis called Mark, Mark Brown. Everybody, yeah, Mark mm-hmm. that Mark Brown. Famous through mm-hmm. throughout the pagan world, but he's also one of the great permaculturists. And he's growing, he's starting up, he has some pawpaws and he's trying to expand his pawpaws, which is like a seven-year commitment. Um, yeah, I've actually got some pawpaws growing in my front yard right now. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. I'm very well, lucky. And, people, I love but, pawpaws, but this is one of those stories I think people should be growing them, even if it's a long commitment. What's a pawpaw? So a pawpaw yeah. is the is a native plant uh, to to this area. It um, it kind of looks like a small tubular mango, uh, and it tastes like a custardy banana mango hybrid thing with a you know with a few seeds inside. Um, and it seems like it should be in some tropical locale, but in fact, it, it grows right here. It, it grows uh, really well in the streams of the Midwest. And uh, yeah, and I just have, am so lucky as to have uh, three or four trees in my front yard. Absolutely. You are lucky. That's kind of cool. So I saw something yeah, we, in your bio. We, Go ahead. What's that? What are you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, we also have service berries, um, American ginger, and uh, blood roots, and a bunch of other similar uh, native edibles in the front yard. So, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was working with service berries, or uh, reclaimed berry. They were doing leather and um, um, jellies out of them. It was very interesting. Yeah, um, yeah they're, there's a lot they're of good. Reclaimed- they are good. They're delicious. And there's a lot more food in Chicago. I want to talk about that. But I saw something in your um, – because I know you do walks through the Chicago. And, like, and first of all, this Saturday you're doing a tea – is it this Saturday you can do your uh, tea, tea ceremony, your tea, uh, tea walk? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, where do they it's going to be the that? first Saturday of every month. And um, where do they sign up so, for that? So uh, the tea ceremonies are going to be happening at Shadow Emporium, 2 o'clock first – Saturday of every month, and uh, what it's going to be is that we'll be bringing in a plant that, whether or not it is native, it grows locally, um, and either it's self-seeding or it's you know grown here for at least seven generations. Um, so, so that would be the case for things like trees, um, mm-hmm. and then we make a. Uh, we take that plant, we make some tea out of it, 
Um, mm-hmm. And we pass around the tea. Everyone drinks the tea. Um, then we meditate uh, for something like 10 minutes with the, uh, with the tea in our systems. Um, and we just kind of concentrate on what the tea is making us feel, um, what we are thinking about, and what the, the plant is telling us. Um, then we come back together and we talk about what the plants were telling each of us. And uh, then I'll go through what the plant is, uh, where it's from, the, the history of the plants, the lore around the plants, what, what science tells us about the plants, um, and basically just give a full profile of the plant. It, it's kind of a way to, I, I don't like the term uh, master, but more like a, a way to become an ally a stronger ally with the plants. Um, oh. I love that concept of allies. Um, I've loved it since I ever read Castaneda. And yeah, there's a new book out there talking about the, the entire experience. But okay, so let me get to this. Vegan Permaculture Design Certificate. Now, I've heard of every single one mm-hmm. of these. Where do you get a vegan permaculture design certificate? Certification. Um, well, I got mine from uh, Graham Burnett. Uh, he was okay. my 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 lead teacher, and William Faith, who is kind of the the main leader of the permaculture movement here in Chicago, uh, was the assistant mm-hmm. teacher. Um, and I actually, at the time, lived on a veganic permaculture farm uh, down in Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, they came out to teach the, the classes. Um, I, yeah. So for people who don't know why I'm excited about this, what does that mean? Putting all those words together, vegan permaculture design certification. For most people, that sounds like word salad. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the reason being that, that we're, we're taking – well, permaculture is is awesome. You know, I love permaculture, uh, but traditional permaculture tends to um, tends to involve a lot of um, animals, and the same is true with veganic permaculture. It still involves a lot of animals, but the difference is that you're not um, you're not keeping any of the animals against their will. You, um, you're, you're inviting them. You're having um, non-coercive relationships with the animals. Um, so, as far as that's concerned, it it is a little bit different than the than normal veganic um, agriculture because we are still involving animals in the process. But it's only the ones who want to be there. We're inviting them in. We're saying, hey, you know, this is not just my food. This can also be your food, you know. And if you want to poop on my, you know, on my uh, on my soil, that's great. <laughs> um, and uh, I love Graham Burnett has a great quote about permaculture. He says, permaculture is a revolution disguised as organic gardening. So yeah, and I I, I agree one hundred percent. 
Actually, as far as as far as a lot of the guests have gone, I mean, each one of them have had a very special connection, and me and you basically share very much a common worldview. That you know, we haven't talked about it. We believe that you know that we should have a much more permaculture world. Um, the fact that you're an animist, let me go ahead and get into a little bit about your faith, hmm? if you don't mind. Okay. Um, sure. Um, we, you know, as people know, we interviewed Twyla York, and she adamantly sees herself as an animist. Um, mm-hmm. and, and understand, so animists, each person has their own thing, and people know that my basic core, I'm a Gaius, which is an animist with a goddess, you know, an animist with a dress. I joke with that, but it is about that sort mm-hmm. of idea that that it is. So what does animist mean to you? Hmm? Well, uh, so I I kind of abbreviated a little bit there. I actually consider myself to be an atheistic animist, uh, which is to say that I um, I don't necessarily believe in any higher power or anything like that or any, you know, gods or or goddesses or anything like that. Uh, but I believe that every plant, every rock, every animal has an intrinsic value, uh, a value all its own that um, that I have no way of understanding, you know. And I kind of place that value uh, on par with human life, you know. I say it is not important. It is not just important for me to protect the earth, protect the animals, protect the plants for, for the sake of how, you know, how they can enrich the lives of humans. It is important for their own sake. Uh, because they have a value that I, you know, that I appreciate. And it's going, they're going to have that value, whether I appreciate it or not. Yeah, that makes sense. So animism, I mean, that's kind of why I mentioned what I, animism with a, with a dress. That's why I mentioned Gaius. Which is, I think yeah. there's a cohesion. I think there's a cohesion to nature that we don't want to talk about. And nature is all the God I'll ever know. I tell people this all the time. I won't know any more God than you will, but we all know all the God that we'll ever know. And that, that is nature. It's how it all works. And people always look at me strange, you know, that, you know, that, that basically that we live and dwell kind of within that animist spirit, that everything does have a life of itself. Um, mm-hmm. And beyond that, so so I also believe the city is like a machine and a living organism too, and so you do walk through the city. So you show the people where we have food in the city, and where we have medicinal plants in the city, and some of that other stuff, yeah. right? And you're going to do one on Pagan yeah. Pride Day, I understand. Yeah, I'm I'm going to do one that's specifically magically oriented uh, that morning. Um, normally, I offer them for twenty five dollars, but um, you know, because everybody's going to be in town, going to be around for the uh, for Pagan Pride. I, you know, I'm offering it for however much I said. I know it's it's less. Uh, however much I said on the uh, on the event for it, um, and I, um, yeah, and I thought that it would be great to do it right before. Uh, the event begins so that way people who are just hanging around have something to do. And uh, I believe that you can find 
edible and medicinal and magical plants absolutely everywhere. Uh, you just have to look. So even even in the, the part of the city that uh, Q4 is in, where it's, you know, it's a lot of concrete, um, there are a lot of plants just hiding here and there that are totally magical and can be used in in whatever magical way that people are interested in using them. Uh, or, I mean, using may not be the best word for it, but involving them, you know. Absolutely. I can understand that. Actually, the right there is also Patchwork Farms, which is one of the best farms. Um, women-led, really sharp farm right there at mm-hmm. um, um, right, right near Q4. So that's a really kind of a nice, neat little fact and fun, fun idea. Yeah, that's that's uh, not too far, and it's it's a kind of attached to uh, Christy Weber there too. Oh, Christy so Weber's right there too. Which right there. Oh yeah, Christy Weber's right there. And I mean, right there's a, there's actually a couple of farms in that area. I'm so shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 in that sense, Chicago's trying to grow some of its own food. Uh, they're still having a real industrial problem. But you're saying food grows everywhere, magic goes everywhere. And you, you, you say you teach a class of $25. That's not like a bargain. Uh, are you having yeah. a fruit pot? I think a lot more people would just I, – I did not know that about you. I literally did not know before you told me that you did that sort of tour work. And so everybody yeah. out there, how do they contact you for that? Um, well, there is sevenplants.com, which is spelled out. S-E-V-E-N-P-L-A-N-T-S dot com. And that's actually my website. And uh, you can also find find me on Facebook. That's Seven Plants Foraging. Um, with, in that case, it's the number, same, same for Instagram. Uh, and actually, what I like to do on Instagram, I'm not great about using social media. Um, it's really not my forte, but uh, what I like to do there is I do write plant descriptions, and I like to include uh, edible, medicinal, and magical uses of them. Uh, so I, I make descriptions that involve all those things, um, and I post those up on Instagram. And a friend of mine is going is working on doing some drawings for them for me, and we're going to make a few zines in the future um, using those descriptions. So, um, in that's fact, no, that's I mean, actually, I, 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 yeah, um, that's, that's actually where the name Seven Plants comes from because I was planning on making zines that have seven plants in, a, in there at a time because um, a lot of herbalists will tell you that you can't you can't uh learn more than seven plants at a time and remember everything. Um so I try to teach people how to ally with really seven plants at a time. I try to get around the actual number though by um by talking about the plant families because you can learn a lot about a plant by knowing knowing its family. So you teach by both uh, – so you teach a very permaculture way of dealing with these plants, which is how to grow them, how how they exist, and things like that. 
And then you go on to mm-hmm. talk about their magical properties, their, you know, their medicinal properties and such. Yeah. Is that what I'm? And yeah, and I I want to um, I want to. That's a pretty back. rare. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm no, let me let you. I interrupt people all the time, so let me go ahead and let you finish, and then I'll. Uh, so, go ahead. a lot of people will um, will. I'll, I'll lead a whole class with them, and then afterwards they're like, "Okay, that was great, but you go out into the woods. Do you lead these these uh, foraging walks in the woods?" And generally speaking, my answer is no. Uh, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to do that. I I know the native plants. I know the plants that grow in the woods, but the thing is. If I show people the plants that are growing in the woods, that's what they're going to harvest. And the the forest preserves and the parks are, you know, are protected areas uh, where we're purposely trying to bring back these uh, bring back these plants and animals, and they're getting neutered. So I make a point of saying, well, I'm not going to show you how to find ramps. But I will show you how to find a million other plants, including these other onions that are growing everywhere around us, and mallow, and uh, which is great for a medicinal plant, and black nightshade, which is my favorite plant that's everywhere that everyone is scared of, but is delicious. <laughs> gotcha. So. Um. So I do understand that. I actually, for disclosure, my son-in-law Chris has um, actually worked for the DuPage uh, uh, County Forest Preserves. Um, he, mm-hmm. he works a lot with it, and you'd be surprised at how he, he doesn't like boxwoods trees. He likes some of the other local trees better. He's he's a tree hugger, and um, mm-hmm. and he actually made his whole life about you know sort of around these sort of engineering. He's a certified public engineer, and he works on these things. So I always. I have a very fond love of this sort of uh, forest preserves because um, we've mm-hmm. actually had really good close counters with deer and things like that. So understand the preservation. Um, yeah. I also know that, that they have to be grown. And, you know, the problem is, is that, you know, the very next, I tell people this, the next, very next uh, recession, which is coming probably another year and a half, you're really going to want to be able to grow some of your own food. Um because growing your own food is a revolutionary act, as you said earlier. It's a very revolutionary act. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As I found out, I'm actually at war with the city of Chicago, and they've attacked me. And, oh, my God, what they've done is just – it's going to be historical when it's all said and done. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I don't want to talk too much more because of the lawyers and things like that. But as everybody knows from the newspapers and things like that, I'm in a historical battle just to be allowed to compost. Um I will never compost in the city of Chicago again because of it. The laws there are terrible. They're industrial. Hmm? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I remember when your story was first going around um, in the in the urban ag circles that I'm involved in, like everyone was talking about it. And I'm really oh, surprised no. that things have continued to, to be on this negative end with it, with your, with your uh, story and your fight. And, 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 yeah, and uh, this is about your story, so we won't get too much into it, but this is where me and Ann have common ground. 
is that I'm a big believer. For for years, we you know, because Ian you know came out and he looked at plants and it was very interesting. My area where I grew stuff for years, I mean, we had years of growing stuff. So people don't realize I had five solid years of learning how to grow, cultivate, and create my own soil and grow in it. Very mm-hmm. deep experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I remember you, because I remember Ian came around and he kind of pointed out a lot of the plants we just let go grow wild on the edges of our uh, field. Um, a lot of them. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. We we used some of your soil to to build a a garden, and um, yeah. I remember that without without us having to coax it, uh, motherwort was just coming up from the soil all on its own. Yep. Right, and that was a, that was a fun experiment because that, that was one time where my uh, gardening and projects, because it was this called bookstore, and I just wanted to put together. Uh, we made three boxes. I don't know how they've held up. Probably not very well. But at the time, they, we made them with no metal whatsoever in them. They were completely wood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the idea well, the was boxes are still, do... the boxes are still around. They're still being used. Okay. So and was, they even got experiment. moved to a new location, and they're still, they're still being used. So. Well, that makes my heart work. That warms my heart. Um, and the only reason I think I, I wanted to build them is because it was around a very magical group doing very much magic, and I wanted to make something. My son helped me with it. My son did a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made it so that mm-hmm. we could put something together that didn't use any nails. Yeah. We were hoping for a product out of it, but it didn't happen. As you know, entrepreneurship is like that. You can get a great idea from your inspirational side that doesn't necessarily work for mm-hmm. practical. And that's one of the things I keep hearing over and over again. Why can't we move to a more permaculture world? Is that everybody says, well, we have too much population, too much everything. But from your sounds of your talk is that we really are just have a lot more food around. We just kind of waste it around us. Yeah. And I'm really surprised that capitalists have not, you know, clung on to permaculture uh, more because uh, permaculture it it may not produce more of a single uh, crop, and it may not um, it may not produce more of a single crop. But with overall yield, it creates more crops, and it's less likely to have crop failure. Um, you know, whereas with conventional agriculture, crop failure happens all the time. Um, so it, it really is just surprising to me that that capitalists who you know want to save their money aren't aren't going towards you know towards permaculture. Also, you know it's I've 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 done, worked both with uh, traditional or conventional agriculture and uh, with permaculture, and the truth is it's so much easier. Permaculture is a lot easier. Um, yeah, because you're not trying to fight nature. You're working with it. Well, I think the problem with it is, I think with permaculture, permaculture doesn't lend itself to machinery. Not in the same way. Mm. It's really That's about true. human beings. And I think people are afraid to go back to the land. We've built built such a phobia. This is one of those things I really... I've gotten into in Chicago and my magic and in sort of a spirit of the city, the spirit of place in Chicago feeds uh dance machine. We have like uh, if, if Chicago has any uh, egregor form, it's uh, the spirit of place is that we're the city in the garden and we have beautiful spaces and we grow some of the best honey in the city. 
of our mm-hmm. city. We grow terrific honey. Um, one of the best things, or one of the, actually the best cities, we planted so many trees and things of that nature. But at the same time, we have this sort of nature phobia that has grown equally as well. The sort of we want factories and machines, and, and we want the jobs here. We want it through the fast food restaurants. We want it through the service industry. We're the city of big shoulders, so we want to work, 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 work. And I think caught between mm-hmm. those two things is this idea of us being a green city where we're, we're bringing in the green stuff from outside the city, such as farmer's markets. Very little of it's grown in the city. And those who do do an epic job, Urban Canopy, uh, Patchwork Farms, there's a bunch of them. There's like two dozen farms that really do produce for the city. Not very much, mm-hmm. but what they do is they do a great job. But everything comes from outside the city. How can, do you think we can break through to people, especially pagans? I mean, let me be honest. Our own community yeah. doesn't understand that we really, you and I and a couple of others, we really have a lot of ability to do more for the pagan community, to grow more of their stuff. We could teach them how if they showed more interest. And I find that, and, and what I find is a lot of them are nature phobic. They find every excuse in the world not to do it. Yeah. So, do you run into that? Um, I've run into it a little bit, but um, part of my so part of what I've been trying to do, and I I work at a ornamental landscape uh, company, um, and part of why I've been working there is learning how to take these uh, take these permaculture design ideas that I already have and I've already learned and apply them in a way that fits this conventional but very um, very unsustainable um, ornamental landscaping uh, style so to try to make it more attractive to people so that they stop using um, these unconvent- these um, unsustainable methods. They stop doing these things where they have to water their plants, you know, multiple times a day. And these methods where they have to constantly amend their soil and throw plants out at the end of the season, you know, um, I'm trying to to work on that as well as uh, I want to fill the 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 niche of offering um, offering landscape design for pagan spaces. So uh, like Artemis uh, Gardens is something I've been thinking about because you know Artemisia. Is, is a whole family of plants um, or other other gardens that are um, dedicated to to certain um, certain things within pagan beliefs basically is the idea um, and trying to take that make it permaculture uh, make it permaculture and sustainable but also make it ornamentally beautiful too because yeah, that that's the direction I want to go. That's a great direction to go, and I agree with that premise. As people know, I've been screaming and yelling um, for us to get more land, more space. I'm telling people we're never going to see a cheaper time here. 2020 is the year. Raise your funds. Back people like 
Ian here, you know, start getting ready to do so. Get give him some property to work with. Um, yeah. I'm seriously. I'm I'm about to. So one of the I think we're about to head into our time. Um, I'm very, as people know, I'm pretty historic. Uh, you remind me of Rail Bastun. Um, he's a great guy. He was a very early herbalist. He taught all sorts of walks, and I haven't heard anyone sound like him in a very long time. And I know a lot of the older people who listen in, and I know you've been listening in, and I really appreciate it. You allowed this podcast mm-hmm. to take off like fire, and I'm so grateful for you guys of really putting us on, literally on fire inside the Blog Talk Radio world and iTunes, marking us as, uh, as a hot um, podcast. So thank you very much for that. But Rail is a great guy. He taught us uh, he, every Echo Peck in Picnic. He, he, he taught this to a generation, and then it fell away. It's, it's really fallen away. It's very interesting because we don't have a lot of, at least I don't know of it, active wisdom keepers of the plants mm-hmm. in Chicago. And you're, 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 you're acting very much as a guardian of the plants by not, you know, by bringing things to people instead of taking them out to, so they would, so they don't go back sneak after the thing and harvest them. Uh, yeah. yeah I, was, realize I was very, I was very surprised once I started becoming part of the, the pagan and occult community in Chicago that I kind of, I kind of went like the the moment I entered, it felt like I was looking for people who had that information and had that knowledge. And I was kind of like, Oh, I can't, I can't find them, you know? And, you know, I had a hard time finding them immediately at least. And I ended up, that's how I ended up filling that, that niche so quickly is because, yeah, people were oh, looking for it. And... Like Let me go ahead and tell What's you. That? So this is a problem not just in Chicago, but across, really across the entire pagan world. We have, so we probably in Chicago, I bet you we have an herbal business of probably a million dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. That is just unsupplied in Chicago. Because people want it, people buy it. I mean, there's lots of people, magical people. If you go through all the Valentinos, I've looked at it, and I've really kind of estimated it's about a million dollars worth of a retail product. Hmm? Yeah. Um, over 100 different stores. Hmm? Botanicas and all of them, who use them for basically magical purposes. And yet, all of them struggle to get good supplies of it. So it's always, I always see that. And this is true of uh, pegging people across the country. Um, you wouldn't believe how many store owners have come to me and asked me, said, can you help us get herbs over the last year or two or three or four? So this is like a shortage in our community that would bring dollars into our community, but nobody seems to do it. It's, it's, it's always one of my mind-boggling things. Um, but then again, we don't communicate well in our community. We don't really tell about our needs. We really tell about our beliefs. We do really good at supporting each other uh, emotionally and spiritually, but we do a terrible job of supporting ourselves on that other aspect of our life, including the herbal ones. So I find you're, what you're mm-hmm. doing is very unique. Like I did not know that you gave regular tours. That's something that people should know about. And that price, oh, my gosh. You should be having them line up the door. Hmm? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I find a lot of people more want to go to the forest, and I think that's part of why I'm not, um, I, I'm not having more people sign up for my, my walks. Um, it's, it's, they want the forest and they're, they're missing the plants that are growing everywhere around us. 
They're, they're absolutely everywhere. I, uh, I used to live in a house deep, deep in the middle of the forest, you know, on top of a mountain about, oh, I'd say an hour and a half from the largest city and, and um, about 30 minutes from uh, the nearest town. And, you know, I felt connected to the plants because they were right there in my face. And the thing is that people want that direct in your face connection when, and they don't want to look for it. And they're, they're here. The plants are here. They're absolutely everywhere. I can't walk more than, you know, more than five feet most places without being like, oh, there are some of my, my favorite little allies uh, hanging out there, you know. Um, so, sure. yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, that's part of why people don't, don't, uh, don't sign up as much because they don't realize the plants are right, right in their face. They're soaking up the energy of the city, and, you know, that's the energy they want to use. So, so yeah. Alan, I'm going to mark this point. Alan, Althea, talk to Ian here. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some Althea stories. Althea is actually – Althea yeah. is a friend of mine. I, I've, uh, I've gone down – I mean, I know, I know Alan, and Althea is a friend of mine. I've gone down right. to her farm. I've spent a, a good deal of time on her farm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I went to – I didn't go to HerbFest this year, but I went to HerbFest last year. Because um, no, I think there's a real good synergy. So, so, so the insider kind of point of view that I've been talking to people, they, they too are looking for people to kind of come out to their property more. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a real synergy there. And I actually know a uh, trucking I know uh, actually DJ, I'll mention their name, DJ, DNJ uh, Touring Company actually does a great job on buses. There might be an idea there for a kind of more intimate in the face type of situation that can help our community. I don't know. I'm yeah. always, as people know, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to connect our community. Every time we can get a chance to, I think we need to reconnect our community in a way that people just don't understand how desperate I am to get our community more mm-hmm. connected at more levels. Um, and so, yeah. You know, because Althea is probably the only other source of um, herbal knowledge I know. And, of course, she is a, a fantastic source. Um, well, uh, I mean, to a lesser – I mean – as far as the magical side, to a lesser extent, I would say Nancy Clem. Um, but, you know, she definitely teaches all sorts of classes and foraging walks. But she um, she has revealed herself to to not really know a lot of the, the deeper uh, magical side of things. Uh, she definitely she definitely talks like a pagan. And I love her. She's great. Uh, but, you know, uh, Nancy Clem is, you know, she's another person to, to think about. Really? I would never have thought of her in that context. I, I did not think of her in that context, not even a little bit. Wow. Yeah. It shows you different worlds. I mean, I'm, and the reason is I, she's a master composter. She teaches a lot of people about composting and, and systems in the college system. Um, yeah. And that's what I know. Um, wow. I never thought. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, another person who's kind of in the community, very much within like the act, uh, the activist side of things, uh, who I've 
I've started really interacting with is Natalie Evans. And she's learned a lot of what she's learned about plants from uh, from native elders and things like that. So she's really great in that sense too. So, uh, and she's actually what uh, she actually also teaches birthing classes and things like that. So, just just so, uh, giving a shout out to her. She's great. Absolutely. So you can find Ian at sevenplants.com. S-E-V-E-N plant.com. Spell it out. Mm -hmm. You know how to spell people. If not, you know, you can always look, put it in the Google machine. It'll take you right there. Um, yeah. So, so the future, what is, so where does the future lead you in this? Do you have any sense of where you want to go with this? No, what's, what's well, what are you doing? Uh, other than doing more tours and doing your tea ceremony with the first Saturday of every month at Shadow Emporium. Um, I also, um, I didn't mention it because I don't have any currently uh, made, but I do also make wands. Um, I was selling them at the occult bookstore uh, before, but uh, the Shadow Emporium will start carrying them, um, carrying them as soon as I start making some more. <laughs> I, I'm so, a little bit behind on that. It's not really a summer thing. It's more of something I sit okay, down so, and do. Okay, so wands are in the future. So when you get mm -hmm. wands, let's have when we have you back. When you get your wands ready, and you have some wands out there, come on back, and you can we all talk all about wands. Hmm. Yeah, so, sure. Sounds great. Absolutely, absolutely. Because we want basically the the goal of Chicago Pagans is just let's get to know each other a little bit better. I think that one of the things I say all the time is that a community that knows each other knows who's who's doing what in the community is a happier, better community. So I can't do a lot, but one of the things I can do is hopefully. It's you all talking about each about yourselves and then thus with each other. And I think you this is you've done a really wonderful job tonight, uh, doing so. So we if you know, so um do you have a favorite plant? Before I ask my last question, which is a, my famous Chicago question, um, do you have a favorite plant in Chicago right now? Do you have any place where you have a favorite? Hmm? Um, well my my strongest ally, as it were, my uh, my signature plant is uh, black mustard because that's the, the plant that helps me understand all the other plants. But my favorite plant in Chicago right now is black nightshade. Um, it's, it's up right now. It's starting to fruit. It, it'll probably, they'll probably all of the plants will be fruiting uh, in the next two weeks. Um, it's, it's a beautiful plant. It has, you know, the white nightshade flower with a beautiful black pearl of a, a fruit. And, um, you know, people are afraid of it because it is a nightshade. Uh, but it's actually, it's actually used, uh, well, beyond being, being delicious, tasting good uh, as far as the berry is concerned and being able to eat the greens if you cook them correctly. Um, it's actually also used for uh, lycanthropic magic, <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool. I was taught I was taught those berries were poisonous all my life. Yeah, I know the uh, I know the tree. Yeah, that's why it was all my life. Those berries were poisonous. Huh. that's interesting yeah. to know. I have to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I see a lot of it. I, I saw them one day and I looked at them and I'm like, I know those are nightshade. 
you know, just from looking at them, I'm like, those look like peppers. Uh, I know they're a nightshade. I want to know what they are. You know, looked it up online, you know, found out the information and found out, you know, found out that they're magically speaking, they're beyond being good for lycanthropy. They're, they're also for communicating with the dead and communicating with the moon. And, you know, you can make an ink out of them. Um, yeah, they're great. I, if I see a plant and I don't know what it is, I try to find out what it is as best I can. And this is why you're, I think that you're going to be a great wisdom keeper for us in Chicago. I want people to reach out. So I understand that you're a vegan. So, <laughs> so in Chicago, we love our hot dogs. So to be a vegan hot dog, I understand that. What, you know, as, a, as, as being in Chicago, what would you put on your hot dog? Um, I mean, it's got to have sauerkraut and it's got to have mustard. Uh, those, those two things are unquestionable, but, uh, you know, I'll also, I mean, I'll go Chicago style full on with it, you know, if, where I can get it, I'll, I'll put the sport peppers and the tomato slice and pickles, you know, I go for that. Terrific. No, that's a great answer. There's no... I've been trying to explain to people. There's no correct way to eat a hot dog in Chicago. Just eat the hot dogs. I'm a big hot dog fan, uh, lifelong. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really grateful to have you in our city. I'm really grateful that you're doing the walks. And as you said, every Saturday, I'm going to go ahead and pump it out again because people know me. Everybody always asks me, says, Ed, why do you tell people things? Because I want people to do things. Everybody tells me there's nothing to do in the city. And I'm going to prove to you mm -hmm. there's plenty to do in the city. Um, remember Phil's Karat 14th? 15th, 16th, um, and you're doing a, a, a nature description on the 28th at mm -hmm. Pagan Pride, where everybody's yes, going to be. Uh, or right before Pagan Pride. And then during Pagan Pride, I'm leading a, um, a workshop that's going to be really a facilitated discussion about uh, plants and magic uh, and how to involve plants in your magical practices. Absolutely wonderful, amazing. I mean, that's great. I mean, I, I, I'm so excited for this Pagan Pride. It's Twilight is done and do a great job. It's going to be in a very interesting space. I'm really looking forward to it this year. Um, where can you find me this Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. I'm going to be in front of the Brazilian uh, consulate with uh, uh, Mr. Ed Grell, you know, and, and I'm going to have to be there with the Extinction Rebellion. So the Extinction Rebellion worldwide, everywhere you're at, we're having an activity um, save our lungs on September 5th in front and for me it's part of the Brazilian Council in Chicago bring your drums bring your activities um, I'll be there and on my Facebook pages I'll be broadcasting remember that we're in we're in for the fight of our lives folks I say it all the time but in Chicago we've got really special people to make a really big difference and I think Ian tonight I really thank you for being one of those people and make a really big difference in how yep. we can interact with our city hmm well, thank you for having me. Um, so, okay, folks. Thank you, and uh, blessed be, and say goodnight, Ian, and that'll be the end of the show. Good night, Ian.